Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, South London. You can visit us at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org. Wow, there's enough of us in here today, isn't it? Boy, gonna have to get some more chairs. We'll get a new building. Amen to that. Um Amen. So welcome to Calvary Chapel, South London. If you're new, I know in the announcements, some were welcomed. I just want to welcome you again. My name's Robert. I'm one of the pastors here at South London. And we recently, two weeks ago, came back from our third missionary journey. Hey, the first two were to Romania the past um, three years, actually last year and a year before. This year we determined that rather than go to Romania as much as we love the work that's going on in there, we will continue to support that work. Um, the Lord has redirected our, our hearts in a larger, greater sense to begin a work in Jamaica. And this presentation is basically giving you a window into our third missions trip, our third missionary journey. Now, obviously you're not going to be able to see every single minute of every single moment of every single day. We were out there for like a solid three weeks, some of us nearly four weeks. So what you're going to see today really is just a snapshot of our missions trip. Can I just see the hands of everyone who is actually on the mission trip? Let me see if you put your hand up if you're on the mission trip. Hey, 47 of us in total. And what can I say? It was amazing. In terms of the initial stages of the trip, myself and Mark took the I think we do go virgin, and we went four days in advance just to try and get kind of things in place and do what we could to kind of make the transition for the rest of the group that much easier. And while we were there for those four days, we felt the Lord really speak to us. And one of the specific words that we felt the Lord kind of lay on our hearts is funny because. We were having devotions every morning, myself and Mark, and I think I shared something with him, and he was like, wow, that's a verse that the Lord caused me to memorize not too long ago. And so the Lord obviously was confirming that he was speaking that to us, we felt. And the verse was in Acts chapter 18, and this kind of summed up the trip to a degree. It says in Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10, now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. How many of you know the Lord still speaks? Now, we're not going to get off on, you know what I'm saying, on a tangent and go to extremes on how the Lord speaks. But he does speak. But we have to be careful and weigh up carefully what he does say versus what he doesn't say. We have to test and prove all things. It says, now the Lord spoke to Paul in a night by a vision and he said, do not be afraid. How many of you know getting to Jamaica can be a scary prospect? If you know anything about Jamaica, it's the, it's the third 
They have the third largest murder rate in the world. So we were quite terrified, if I'll be honest with you, and you probably hear that come out maybe um, throughout the course of this presentation. Yet the Lord knew that and he said, like he said to Paul, do not be afraid. He says, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. The Lord said that to Paul and we sensed the Lord said that to us. And it was, it was very comforting to hear those words. And we eventually, as you see, when by the time we get to the end of the presentation, that the Lord definitely meant what he said because we got to meet a lot of those people that we felt he was speaking to us about. Now, as I said, you're not going to see everything because we have over 7,000 pictures and over 50 hours of video. And that was intentional because we're trying to put together um, one Something that's going to contribute to Calvary Chapel's missions magazine that goes out, I think it's quarterly. And also, two, we're putting a, a documentary together to try to communicate the need that's in Jamaica. One, for the church, but then also, two, to our society with reference to helping us and support and contribute to the work that we endeavor to continue to do out there. So, without further ado... Let's look at the lead up. Now we've got two slides going on. It was like a military um, operation trying to get this all hooked up. Left one cable at home, put us back about 45 minutes. But nevertheless, let's have a look at the lead up to this missions trip. We had three major events that we used as fundraisers. Fundraising, you know what I'm saying, for us very often is a dirty word in church because people use different inordinate means to raise funds. We, we ain't trying to get down like that. Ain't trying to extract no one's money or you know, rinse anybody. It's not godly. So what we did was we put on three events. One was a family day event at the Adventure Playground. Another was a dinner and dance, and these are the pictures that you're seeing. And also one was a sponsored walk. Did you know, on the basis of these three events, as a church, we raised, check it, 6,500 pounds. In, in addition to that, the youth raised 150 pounds. And we had a contribution from the U.S. of 2,000 pounds, and we thank the Lord for that. It virtually underwrote the whole, the whole missions trip. Now, on arrival, that was, a Jamaica, that was Jamaica High Commission. That's where we, when we done the sponsored walk, that's where we walked to. Now, our arrival, or arrivals, we arrived in different waves, as I said, myself and Mark initially, and then... I think it was J Jason and Mo and the boys came a little bit after that, linked up with, um, linked up with Sabina in Kingston and then jumped on the coach and came up and then we had the big wave come on the Saturday, which was most of the rest of the team and a couple other people came a little bit later. Yeah, that was, us, or that was some of them on the plane getting rowdy. <laughs> 
Mark saying, uh-uh, Jamaican dollars ain't worth nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, where's all my Nigeria crew? Yeah, Ghana crew. Same, same deal, right? Yeah, amen. Yeah, it's all about the sterling. Yeah. All right. So we arrived and... Um, you know, when myself and Mark arrived, it was a nine-hour trip, for those of you who've never been to Jamaica, a nine-hour flight. When myself and Mark arrived, we dropped the ball. Because when we got there, we had equipment that we were bringing, and we were going through the declare, nothing to declare um, section, and this lady kind of st stepped to us, asked if we had this, that, and the other, and we couldn't lie, right? So um, she sent us to some next queue to declare stuff, open up our cases. We had an amplifier in there, brand new. We had two projectors with us. Oh, we got stung. We had to pay 300 US dollars in customs. And um, we learned a lesson because the stuff she asked me, she said, is this new? And I said, yeah. Not meaning it's brand new, like never been used was her question. But it had been used, but I said it was brand new. And then immediately she slapped us with, apparently you can't bring anything into the country that you're going to leave that's new. Anyway, so we got done. So we just quickly let the whole like 44 other people in the team come in know that when you come through, nothing that you got is new in this because most of the, all of the stuff that we brought had been used once or twice. So it was new, but it wasn't brand new. And that was the only issue. So the rest of the team was able to come through with no drama. Thank the Lord. Um, you live and you learn, innit? So that's me and Mark when we arrived the first day. The rest of the guys still traveling, evidently. And, you know, our team was made up of individuals who had been to Jamaica before, but so many that hadn't been. And I must apologize because there's, there's so many stories we could have told, so much we could have said, but time is short. So um, it was wonderful. I, mean, I keep remembering here and Pastor Ephraim just talking about, boy, this is his first time to Jamaica and how excited he was. And he was like... It, it, to look at him there, you'd think that he was born there. You know what I mean? You know how Pastor Ephraim can just acclimatize easy, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. He looked like he was home away from home. I ain't going to tell no story. So look. Right, so that was the arrival. Now, now we come to the resort. We didn't know where we were going to stay before like we booked the flights and so on and so forth and basically what we did was we contacted all the resorts that were close to um, where we wanted to be so when we contacted them we sent them an email saying basically look we're a church group we're coming to do missions um, can you please give us a price for this amount of people few of them got sorry nobody got back to us apart from one resort which was road Hall plantation they got back to us and they said are you a church and we said yes and they said are you a charity we said yes they said have you got a website we said yes and they said we'll get back to you they checked the website when we went on the website they played the video that we would put up i don't know if, if you guys have seen the video that we got up on the site the man who owns the, this, the property his wife had family in the video they got back to us and they said, you're helping our family in Jamaica. Furthermore, the guy, whose name is Dave, who you see in a minute, Dave had an accident in Cousins Cove, which is where we were going, and he nearly died. Got him to hospital, so on and so forth. Thank the Lord, he never, but he felt like the Lord spared his life that day. So two reasons he felt a need to give back to Cousins Cove. They gave us opportunity to stay at this resort for about half the regular price. Is amazing and oh my goodness swimming pool 
crocodiles. <laughs> Did anybody get to see the crocodiles? Because I know I wasn't going. A couple of them guys went to see the crocodiles. You lot are brave. Um, maybe you've got some pictures we can show at another time. Um, horseback riding. Um, they got a recording studio there. Obviously their own restaurant. The accommodation was lovely. Most, if not all, of the rooms had air conditioning. Um, some of the, 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 the chalets had sea views. You could basically come out your balcony or come out your veranda and you're looking at the Atlantic Ocean. It was amazing. And we was like, wait a minute, are we on holiday or are we, are, are we on a mission trip? It was hard sometimes to kind of determine which one it was, but the Lord hooked us up. What can I say? You know what I mean? We had opportunity to work hard, which we did, but we had opportunity to rest and recuperate, and it was wonderful. Now, there are, I think I mentioned Dave. It's him and Marcel who actually run this place. Pastor Ephraim's on it. Dave and Marcel, they run the place. Dave had a really, as I said, in an accident, he really um, damaged his leg badly. Um, while we were there, he came off the two crutches and was walking with a stick, with a strap. A couple of days later, he took off the strap and was just walking with the stick. And before we left, he put down the stick and he was walking around the resort. And this is after how long had he been um, laid up? Nine months, ten months. He put it down, and I quote, he put it down to us being there on the trip, bringing the presence of God and healing to his limb. So, and then you saw a picture of Shane. Shane was the chef. Shane, such a lovely, delightful brother. Um, we had opportunity to talk and reason with him, myself and Mark, before the team came, and then kind of introduce him to, this is what we're about. It was like, okay, lovely brother, and then the team descended on him. And it was just like being enveloped just by love, coming down like honey, you know what I mean, in his life. The Lord touched this brother quite deeply, and we're going to have ongoing relationship with him. Um... Also, Anita, you might have seen a picture of her. She's the restaurant owner, again, really looked after us. And we met a guy called Steve and his son BJ, which was a divine appointment. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> divine appointment. This guy, myself and Mark, I don't know if we've got a picture of it, but I'm sure we'll see him in, in time to come. I should mention that at the end, we have a small video that Shabazz has put together, and it's a very rough edit. He's asked me to remind you of that. Um, and you're going to see Steve, and he's going to introduce himself in the video. But Steve, we met Steve, and the guy was like in the restaurant sitting with his son and sitting with another guy, drinking Guinness. At was it breakfast? No, I don't think it was breakfast that was drinking Guinness, but they was drinking, and they were there for a weekend they call ATI. Anybody heard of ATI? No one in Jamaica knows what it stands for. Yet everybody knows about ATI. And it's a time when basically everybody who's got dough, who's got money, who loves, loves to party and rave and like pop crystal and just like rave all night, this is where they go in Negro over this weekend. And trust me, I mean, it's a good thing we ain't got no pictures of what they looked like when they were doing this because it would cause everybody to sin, man, woman, and child. <laughs> ATI weekend, that's what Steve came for. With his, and he brought his son so his son could experience ATI. And he never knew what the Lord had planned for him on this trip. And 
Over a course of time, many of us had opportunity to share and speak to Steve on a level. By the time we got to the end of the trip, the guy extended his trip. Pastor Ephraim had a banging conversation with him. E, how long did he extend his trip by? He was supposed to go home like today, and he was like, I don't want to leave. His son, linked up with all the youth, didn't want to leave. They extended the trip by a week. Then the brother went and bought a house in Cousins Cove, which is where we're going to be. Now, ain't that nuts? Talk about a divine appointment. He, well, you're going to hear him anyway. Let me move on. Where are we? Steve, BJ, and Wayne, the taxi driver. Wayne is another brother that we met. He's the resort taxi driver. Um, later on, we get a picture of him. Right. Here we are now at our first Sunday service. And this Sunday service was just for us as a team. Most people had arrived on a Saturday. It's Sunday now. We thought, you know, it's too much to try and do anything outside. So let's just have a service just for the team. I apologize for the way the, the pictures are coming up again. It's because we had this problem without this cable and, and switching stuff over to a hard drive. And thank the Lord anyway. So this was our first Sunday. So we just had a service just for us, just for the team. And Tim had kind of done some songbooks, beautiful. I don't know if we've got any here. Tim hooked up some songbooks with Jamaica flag on the front. And it was just beautiful, us getting together that first Sunday. I had the privilege to share. And you see that little amplifier thing at the back? It had no use. Because the first time we went to use it, we blew it up. For the whole trip, we never had no sound as we would have liked to. It was beg, steal, and borrow the whole way. But nonetheless, we had our service. And thank the Lord for Tim. I just want to mention Tim at this moment because, as I said, Tim hooked up the, the songbooks. But Tim led us in worship every single day apart from the odd occasion where we had some special features um, a la Kian and Beatrice who done worship two days but Tim just was a blessing the whole trip thank you for that bruv and so that was our first Sunday service now first Sunday sorry let me just go back to the first Sunday later on what we did was that's a um, that's a lizard Um, on different times of the trip, we had different um, ecological issues. Now, is it ecological? No, animals. Help me. We had issues with mosquitoes. We had issues with lizards. We had issues with these things called forty leg, like the big centipedes that are poisonous. The man had issues in the water where they went swimming. Mark, Mark, Tim and Levi and was it Courtney or Malachi was always in the water them, them ones that I just mentioned they went swimming out in the sea listen it's dangerous to swim you know what I'm saying in tropical waters there was a, there was a reef a natural barrier reef beautiful the only thing is it was dead because of all the pollutants in the water but the fish Mark saw, no, t tell a lie. Yeah, Mark saw one, but Tim actually got up right close to a lionfish. Now, these, these things, if they sting you, can kill you. Pastor Ephraim filmed, when it, oh, 
Pastor Ephraim filmed a stingray. You know them stingrays that kind of flutter in the water like this? Big one. Listen, there was, the one we filmed was about this big. What, about two feet, two and a half, three feet wide? There was one that was six foot wide in there, and they got a sting on their tail. That's why they call them stingray, right? If it lick you, with that, it can kill you. And them mans was in the water, swimming about with goggles and snorkel and flippers. There was these black things called sea urchins in the water. They look like little time bombs with these things sticking out. And them, we, most of us swam in the pool. Now, they caught some fish as well. That's care when they was leading worship. So, later on that day, after our service, we went to Cousins Cove just for a little bit of a walk around. And we had opportunity to walk around and meet the people, which was a real blessing because it was literally the first few days that we'd arrived and it gave us an opportunity to, to get to know, obviously, the mission field. Can I just mention, if you have um, any children and they're really kind of distressed, you have opportunity... Um, I wouldn't say at your leisure, but when you're desperate, you can just go outside. They've got some drinks set up for the kids if you need to take the kids out for a drink at any point. Amen. Um, and I'd encourage you just, yeah, just try and do it one at a time so that we don't get too disturbed. Right, let's keep this moving. We had every single day daily devotions. Most of the men on the trip had opportunity to share a devotion every morning. We'd have breakfast about 8, 8.30, and about 9.30 after breakfast, everyone's there, we'd have a devotion. And the devotions were in the book of Exodus. We started at chapter 1, and we virtually went right through to the end of the book of Exodus on a daily basis, and it was amazing. We had different people sharing at different times. And obviously Exodus is the book where God brings his people out in order to bring them in. And it really focused us because we were saying, you know what, that's why we're here, Lord, to help people to realize that you want to bring them out and you want to bring them in that is into relationship with you and out of their sin. And you had the usual suspects like myself, Pastor Ephraim, Mark 5, Tim McBee, you know that these guys can, can teach and you've heard them over the a course of time. But also we had brothers that you don't see so often who can teach like Michael Prendergast, like Shabazz Graham, like Jason O'Shea, like Mr. Mark Henry, Mr. Reynold Coker. Listen, all them brothers on a daily basis were breaking it down and it was wonderful. But the highlight of our devotions, I would suggest, correct me if I'm wrong, was two young men who were up and coming preachers, I would say, Jordan Fife <laughs> and Mr. Courtney Green. O'Shea. Bruh. Jordan shared from Exodus 20. Anybody know what's in Exodus chapter 20? Ten Commandments. He broke that down so nicely. It's so difficult to, to preach on the commandments after coming through the cross. It's so important to get them in, a pro, in its proper perspective, and he marked it. Wonderful. And then Courtney came and broke down Exodus 25 through 27 and taught us about the tabernacle 
outer court, inner court, chat about brazen altar, brazen laver, altar of incense. Listen, golden lampstand took us right into the Holy of Holies, Ark of the Covenant, and it was phenomenal. Broke it down and took it back through the cross and helped us to understand all the different implements and how we, like a body, you know what I'm saying, function in terms of the different items of the front. Heavy, heavy. Thank the Lord. Right. That was daily devotions. Now, we needed a bit of time to acclimatize. So what we did was the first three days, we didn't do any outreach or mission. What we did was we had fun. On the Monday, a group went to Ocho Rios. Anybody know the big spot at Ocho Rios? Duns River Falls. And also, the Tuesday, went to Negril, a place called Margaritaville. And it's funny, because we got to Margaritaville, and within about 15 minutes, everybody looked kind of like bored. Because if you know anything about Margaritaville, it's a place where people come, and they're scantily clad. They've got a bar, and they get drunk, and they kind of get lively, and... And it was like, everyone was kind of like, you know what? We kind of seen enough already. After them guys went on the jet skis and kind of did some water sports, we kind of just left and came back to the resort. Um, on the Wednesday, went to a quieter spot, which was a place called... <laughs> what was so funny about that? All right, so that's... that's the, all right, don't move. This is them brothers on the jet skis. Oh, who's that? Shabazz and Sabina, Sabina. Yeah, even his sister. Yeah. It's expensive to go on them things, you know. Was it 50 US dollars for half an hour? Swiftly moving on. <laughs> that's BJ, that's Steve's son. Now, I'm going to come on to Pastor Derek in a minute. Pastor Derek is a gentleman in the middle. This is the first day we got a chance to meet him, myself and Mikey, catching up with Pastor Derek. And that's, that's when we were at... Negro. Hey. That's when Usain Bolt won the 100 meters. Yeah. Who is it? Shabazz. Shabazz is such a blessing. Shabazz went out and bought all of them tops for all the youth. Why? Just like the kindness of your heart, innit? Amen. Represent. It did look good, man. Amen. You can see the young people had a good time. Them, you, can, you know, I'll just take a moment just to say how heavy the youth were. They were such a blessing. They weren't, they weren't hard work. They worked hard. You know what I mean? And they contributed to the trip so much. Oh, Shabazz is just reminding me that it was actually him and Tracy that purchased it. You know what that fruit is? Aki, yeah. Ain't ripe. If you pick it like that and cook it, it can kill you. It's poisonous. You have to wait until it opens up before you can cook it. All right, that's the resort. It's beautiful, isn't it? Lovely. Now, now remember, we're acclimatizing right now, just kind of finding our feet, getting over the jet lag. That was a walk down from the, from the restaurant. And when you get to the bottom of the restaurant, that's you looked out at the sea. Where's that? Doctor's Cave? Or is that Margaritaville? Margaritaville. <laughs> all right, what's the time? This is all the resort. The horses just walk wild. Is that Rachel? <laughs> Whose van was that? Was that Dave's? Or, or Wayne's? Right, this is at a place called Rick's Cafe. 
Rick's Cafe is a nice place. This place, you wonder why the whole of Jamaica does not look like Rick's Cafe. Not that particular part there. But um, in Rick's Cafe, people jump off and dive off of this really high spot. And they dive about, what is it, 50, 60 feet, if not more than that? Dreadlocks. That's a banging picture, Mo. Um, and some of them climb up even higher than the, re the regular jumping off point is down on the bottom. Some climb up there, and then you're going to see another set climb up in a tree like twice as high and jump off. Who was it? I think Malachi set pace and went right up to the top, jumped off the top. First of all, they jumped off the bottom, then they went to the middle one, then they went to the top. And he jumped off it like what? And everyone was like, no man, can't take this. We've got to jump off too. Who done it? Caught, did, oh, uh, all right. <clears throat> Mark, for, uh, oh, oh, oh no. Mark, Mark didn't make it either. Mark went up and he, right, this is, this is one of the guys on the very, 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 very top. It's like, twi he's twice as high as the ground. So 90 feet. And they do all of this stuff when they're up there. Crazy. Absolutely out of their mind. And so, yeah, Malachi jumped off there. I think, did Jordan P? Jordan P climbed up. Oh, he jumped off the middle one. Jordan 5, yeah, firmed it. I went off the top too. Um, but it was high. It's not funny. Levi, where's Levi? Big up yourself, Levi. Levi jumped off the top enough times. Like Tarzan, off the top, like nothing. All right, that's Rick's cap. All right, let's move on. So we've acclimatized. We've had a good couple of days where we've been able to kind of enjoy ourselves, rest, relax. It was, it was wonderful. And we kind of were preparing ourselves to calm before the storm, if you like. Now, <clears throat> the very next day, the mission started, and we went to the Montego Bay Christian Academy. We linked up with a brother called Jerry Winkler who runs this Christian Academy. He's from the States. And Jerry Winkler went to Jamaica as a missionary for one year to work in an orphanage. 20 years later, he's still there with his wife. They started up a, a Christian Academy and they've been serving the people of Jamaica there for the past 20 years. Knowing that we were coming, linked up with him and said, is there anything we can do? And he said, absolutely. While they were off school, they needed all of the rooms painted. The school needed just whole redecoration. He was worried because he wanted to go home, spend time with the family. He couldn't because of the painting he had to do. We said, well, we, we can come. He said, how many of you? And we said, we can probably bring about 20. He couldn't believe it. We were actually able to go. And I think we painted about four rooms completely. I'm talking about six walls cupboards um i think you're gonna see some pictures in a moment of us there's Rachel getting ready you know uh, there's brother michael now hopeton on the left hand side he is one of the children that jerry winkler adopted he adopted four children four jamaican children and that's his i think that's his eldest son hopeton and he kind of oversaw stuff at the at the school while he was away, while we were there in terms of the painting. That's us kind of getting ready. We brought paint, 
brushes, rollers, we didn't bring the paint, brushes, rollers, and other bits and pieces so that we could, right, you can see, what we did was we broke up into groups, so one group was in one room, see painting the wall, painting those little cupboard kind of closet type desks, and painted the wall behind it. Um, Marky G and Tim took on the challenge of tiling this, the floor in one of the rooms, took up all the old tiles, went to lay the new tiles only to find that they were the wrong size. They had to get like one of them tile cutters out, cut tiles and them man's lost, you know what I'm saying? Um, no time in just giving themselves to, and they finished that on the day we were there, finished that. It's Mikey P just standing back checking his work. Is that Lamara? Yeah, with a roller. There's a picture of Judith, Judith, yeah. Judith was in her element, oh my goodness. You know Judith's a painter, right? She's an artist, really, I should say. But she's a dab hand with a brush. Go on. It's Harry. And you know, wasn't you lot hot in them things? Red beard. Weren't you lot hot in them overall things? You know, the temperature, it was like in the 30s, right? It was sweltering. And, and we went in hurricane season... So as much as it was blisteringly hot, within moments, the clouds would come over and it'd be like monsoon. We'd get like torrential rain. Like you look out the window and it's like a river running down the, the road. So much rain and then within 20 minutes, half an hour, sun come out and just burn out the water. Amazing. Yeah, that was Uncle Errol who kind of helped give us our instructions. There's the girls there painting. Got so many pictures, so much pictures. They say a picture tells a... It's a thousand words. All right. So that's at the Montego Bay Christian Academy. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and move on because we've still got so much to, to look at. That's Reynolds and that's... Who is it? Who's that with his back to us? Hopton. Amen. Okay. The next day... A group of us went to West Haven Orphanage. This was an experience. We went to an orphanage that was mainly occupied by children who have not only disabilities but cerebral palsy, maybe someone can help me, Down syndrome, autism, and just look at these pictures. Most of these children, their parents weren't able to look after them. And so they bring them to an orphanage like this. The youth had charge over the puppets. They'd done a fantastic job. The kids loved the puppets. I think on, on the video you might see a clip where this young lady here, this young girl here, the puppets came out and she just lost it. She began hyperventilating when she saw the puppets. They were so excited to see so much people just come, just to love on them. We, we were worried about what do we do and how are we going to do this and how are we going to respond. The Lord helped us. We set up the puppets, done some songs, started singing Father Abraham with them. And they were jumping up and down with us. And um, the, 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 the children's ministry team um, shared some stories with them, sang some songs with them. Debbie's going to come in a little while and she's going to share exactly how that went. That's where they sleep. This is out on the veranda. We had a Jamaican brother come with us, a young man called Fata. 
Um, you hear me um, periodically mention individuals. That's Mrs. Grant. She runs and manages the children's home. And with limited resources, they expected us to come the week before. And we caught them on the hop because they'd mixed up the dates. If you know people are coming, you've got a chance to tidy the place up, right? She didn't know we were coming. I'm a lion. When we got there, the place was immaculate. The place was clean and tidy. The kids were clean, looked after. The woman's doing a phenomenal, and her team are doing a phenomenal job. Now, you see Shabazz smiling in that picture. It was a little bit later where Shabazz, I've never seen Shabazz like this with a camera. I've seen him with different emotions, excitement when he's getting a heavy shot. You know what I'm saying? Or things are not going right, so he just drops his camera like a gun, drops his camera, and he's got words to say. But then I saw a different emotion in Shabazz when Shabazz just broke down. I saw him holding the camera and the camera was shaking and his lips were trembling. I said, Shabazz, are you all right? I honestly thought he was ill, not feeling well or something. The bread had just broke down. And I took the camera off him and I put the camera on him. And we did that periodically throughout this trip because there are times of joy and elation and excitement, but there are also those, those down times. And Shabazz encouraged us and inspired us to film it all because it's all a part of the experience. And we're going to come to really what was the lowest point for all of us. Kemi asked the question, what was your lowest and your highest point? We're going to come to, in, in a little while, the lowest point for all of us. And um, we filmed it all. We filmed it all. We're getting ready to leave, and the kids began to kind of get upset. To the point where they began fighting, getting angry, like lashing out. And I think that was a testimony to the fact that the Lord really used us while we were there in a simple way just to hold them, hug them, and love them. And yeah, we, we need, we, we're going we're gonna to pray about how we can continue to work in Jamaica in different ways. I think this is an orphanage that we as a church just need to pray about. Now, I mentioned that, forgive me, I, I need to talk to the rest of the leadership about this. You know what I mean? But evidently, Jamaica is a part of our missions field now. And um, we can just begin to pray about that, uh, th that picture. Mo sat with a child. Um, that was Sarah with that little girl. She was so excitable. Mo sat with a, a little girl um, who was so disabled, she couldn't walk, she couldn't speak. Um, and she just had these big eyes and was just always just looking and trying to communicate with her eyes. And Mo sat down with this little girl for about two hours and just held her. She was, and she, there she is. She's 22 years old. And Mo sat there with her. And just held her. Wow. Okay. So that was the orphanage. And we only got to see one aspect. There's four actual um, kind of aspects to the orphanage. We saw most of the young people. There's another section that I think Shabazz, myself, I can't remember who else was there. We got to see some of the older people. And it was heartbreaking. It was... It's heartbreaking. You know, we were all humbled, you know what I'm saying, on this trip. Reminded 
How can we complain? We've got so much. And we murmur and we moan and complain. We were humbled. Humbled. Rebuked in our hearts and smitten for every moment that we complained about menial, trivial things. Again, the girls, the young people, such a blessing. You guys are. All right, look, oh, we've been round, right? Oh, my goodness. All right, let's keep it moving. So that was West Haven. That was the orphanage. <sighs> right, I'm going to try and rattle through this because we're going to be here all day otherwise. Saturday the 15th. Oh, that's Renee's little friend. What was her name? Oh, is that Chloe's little friend? The two little sisters, they look so alike. So we went on our first kind of proper community visit in Cousins Cove and it was a bit of an unusual kind of reception it was a real contrast to Retreat Mountain I'll come to in a minute in this community there are churches but the churches are very disconnected from the community and you could tell we went in and there was kind of like a coldness a little bit of a frostiness at the beginning one particular guy when we went out onto their football field came out effing and blinding and swearing and wanting to know who these people were and where we come from. The Lord changed him over a process of time because by the end of the trip, he promised us twice that when we come there and start the church, he's going to be the head deacon. <laughs> Puffy, his name is. So the girls that painted fingernails, done pedicures, braided hair, beads, Spent time with the community. That's Pastor Ephraim. Going to help my man out on the lawnmower. Saying, how much you want for that, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone with it. Look, wh whatever it was, the price was right. <laughs> That's the football field. And it was my man's responsibility to cut the grass. Now, he wasn't cutting it for us. They have what they call a corner league on a Sunday night where they have about 2,000 people descend on this football field. There's Puffy, that's the brother that was swearing, and he said he's going to be the head deacon. Um, Puffy, what do they call him again? They call him Cove God. Cove God. That's self-proclaimed, that is, by the way. <laughs> we said to him, you know, you're not a God. He said, yeah, little G. So this, now, now what you're looking at here is the perimeter of the football field. So they've got a the football field, and around the football field are just people's houses. Um, this, that's Mr. Shakes, huh. legend, and that's his daughter, Mrs. Miss Shakes. Mr. Shakes, you're going to see him in the video. What an incredible old man. You might have remembered him from the first video, from when we went last year. So it was wonderful to be able to go. Look at him, 82 years young. He's blind. Such a blessing, Mr. Shakes, and that's his house, that's his daughter. We had the privilege of being able to do some work on their house. We promised them last year that we, we would, and we did, by the grace of God, put new um, roof on their, new um, zinc, aluminum zinc on their roof, corrugated iron, and we're able to be a blessing to them. Okay, so much to say. Now, that was a Saturday. This is now the Sunday after. Now, this Sunday, we determined not to have a service for ourselves as a team, but we determined, you know, we're going to have a service in the community. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know what's going to happen. Oh, my goodness, no sound system, but we're going to go for it anyway. 
And funnily enough, we hooked up this sound system, this renegade sound system, this brother, what was his name, Pastor E? Delroy. He's got this homemade sound system um, with, a, with, a, with a, like a, you know, like a CD player that you'd have at home and just bits and pieces. But it, we, we never had no choice, and so we had to call on him, and he charged us $1,000 an hour, Jamaican dollars. And he brought his sound system for our Sunday service, and we hooked it up somehow. I don't even know how, but we hooked it up, and we had a Sunday service. And there's Bristol in the back. And praise the Lord, we had quite a few people come out. Um, that's Delroy on the left-hand side, the sound man. And um, David Driver. It's Miss Shakes. Is that Miss Shakes' grandson? Yeah, Delroy. Uh-huh. That's Beatrice. Beatrice sang a song. And we're going to ask Beatrice to actually come and sing that same song that she sung on that day for us um, in a little while. That's me teaching. And, um, you know, in Jamaica, it's probably much like a lot of African countries. Like, every now and again, no warning, light gone. No electricity. You get me? Halfway through the service, light, not even half, I was like 10 minutes into the, there's me with PowerPoint, the laptop and blah. Power just licked, just knocked all of that out. And I had to, look, no even no amps. I had to shout. Rago, old school, yeah. And um, we made it through the service and um, so much to talk about, but we've got to keep moving. So that was our, our first service in the community. That's children's ministry just outside. We used the building, which was the basic school, which was overseen by a lady called Miss Gurley. And she gave us such a beautiful, she looked after us. She allowed us to use the building whenever we needed to use the building and didn't charge us. Now, that's not Jamaican. <laughs> but we gave them a contribution. You know what I'm saying? It's beautiful. Gave them a, the Lord so went before us. Every person we met, every place we went to, the Lord hooked it up. So that's them guys having children's ministry. Big up the children's ministry team um, for all the hard work and effort that they put in. Again, you're going to hear from Debbie in a moment. Okay. Forgive me, but I've got, got to move. So that was the first service. Now, on the, the next day, we had the opportunity for the first time to go to now Retreat Mountain. Our mission was split up between two places, Cousins Cove and a place called Retreat Mountain. Cousins Cove is in Hanover. Retreat Mountain is in Westmoreland. Different parishes, but really still quite close together, half an hour between the two. So we transitioned from where we were staying in Orange Bay, not far from Cousins Cove, and we drive to Retreat Mountain. This, as opposed to Cousins Cove, have a community church. This lady that you're seeing is Sandy. Sandy is a lady that we met the first time on this trip, although we'd met her on the phone and via email a year ago. The Lord hooked it up where she goes to a Calvary Chapel in Norristown on the east coast of the States, has been going to Jamaica for six years, every year. And then she picked up the Calvary Chapel magazine, saw us in it last year, couldn't believe it. Contacted us and said, I've been going to Jamaica. I've never heard any Calvary Chapel interested in Jamaica. You guys are interested in Jamaica. That's how our relationship started. She's a nurse. She takes medication, does blood pressure testing, does diabetes checks. Such a blessing for years she's been doing that. And then found out that we're going on a missions trip tutus hooked up with us and came on the trip alongside with us and that's us there in retreat mountain where she has hooked up with a pastor whose name is pastor Derek I introduced him to you earlier 
And Pastor Derek is the pastor in this community, and it shows. It's true, the scripture says, um, the sheep are scattered when there is no shepherd. And that man has got such a shepherd's heart, such a lovely gentleman, so meek and, and um, gentle, so unlike so many of the Jamaicans who are hard and coarse. So many of them. He was unlike, that's them, that's them playing in the field, um, not far from the church with a big parachute and again the girl's fingernail painting. This lady was someone that we met while we were there. I can't remember who it is. We had to line the kids up, so many of them, to come into children's ministry. This was up at the church. And um, up that road, there was a young lady who lived up there who, even though has the option to take her daughter who's disabled to somewhere like West Haven, she's chosen to raise her. And she came down to see us every time we were there. That's us in Pastor Derek's little church. She came down to see us. And Mark and Mike, their hearts went out to her and said, look, you need to go back home. She lived way up like that road that you saw that runs alongside the church. And Mark took her and done the first leg, thought he could carry the, this child all the way up to the house. Halfway up there, he had to hand over to Mike. And then Mike took her the rest of the journey. And even when they got up there, they were both busted. And they couldn't figure out, how does this lady carry her daughter? Because the roads mash up. There ain't no road. It's it's, it's literally the mountain. And um, so we're, we're like, Lord, how do we help these people? You know I mean, we don't have the resources. We don't have the manpower, but the Lord does and may help us. So that's us doing children's ministry. I'm just getting things ready for the team to come up and share with them kids. Kids loved it. Oh, my gosh. Anytime they knew we were coming, they were out there in droves just waiting for us. Look at them. What happened there? Uh, uh, Pastor Ephraim and his element, you know. <laughs> you know, that's where it started for us who teach. Myself, Pastor Ephraim, Pastor um, Patrick. We all started in children's ministry. Ten years at least, we worked in children's ministry before we stepped into the pulpit. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Especially if God has put it on your heart to teach. Get in children's ministry. Okay, so there is Retreat Mountain, and that was our first visit proper to retreat. Now, the next day, we went, the timing is right, the next day we went, oh, sorry, what we did was we went back to the resort about four or five o'clock, no, more like six o'clock, went back to the resort, we never ever got out on time, got back to the resort, most people could just, just kind of chilled, a couple of us went back to Retreat Mountain in the evening for a film night. And on the first film night that we had, this, you know, this was all suggestions that we thought, let's try this or let's try that. Oh my gosh. Went back and done this film night, advertised it as best we could. The whole church was packed, waiting for us. We said 7, 7.30. I don't think we got there till about 8.30. Packed, waiting for us. Hooked up, set up the projector and everything. Showed them a film called Something to Sing About. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that film. Lovely Christian movie. They loved it. One of them at the end of, end of it said, is there a part two? <laughs> and we said, there isn't, but we're coming back. We're going to show you another one. And that was Retreat Mountain. And we got a chance to kind of talk to them afterwards. It's like, an, like a main event. Some of them never ever seen anything like that in their life. Projector. 
that big screen and there's people outside looking in the windows of the church and there's a big division between those who go to church and those who don't there's a big line that separates them those that don't go to church don't feel like they can even come in but they'll jam outside and they'll watch from a distance it's interesting um, Lord help us Retreat Mountain, film night. The next day, we went back to Cousins Cove and we began to do two days of quite intense outreach, which involved a clinic, a sports camp, a football tournament for the under 15s, and it was heavy. That is the downpour of rain that we had, but I'm going to let them guys explain about the football when we come to that. See some pictures of the under-15s who braved it in the rain. That was the under-15s. The next day, we did it again, but we did it for the over-15s. And we was a bit nervous. We thought, okay, well, the little, the little ones will come out, but boy, we don't know if the older ones will come out. Listen, we had, again, let me not go into it too deeply because them guys are going to explain about the football. But we had a really good turnout for the football. The only, one of the only things we said to them was, you know what, listen, this is how it's going to work. This is your house. We respect that. We're foreigners. You don't even know who we are. But we're coming here because you know what? We want to show you the love of God. We want to support you and help you. And we said the, the referee's decision is final. And they were like, okay, no problem. And after we shared why we were there, the man then gave us a round of applause. We were shocked. These hard looking, you get me like, cut your throat in a minute type characters. You know what I mean? And it was like, and they played hard football, man. They played good football, and they played clean football. But anyway, someone's going come to come and um, talk about that in a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, no, wait a minute. You know what? So basically, like how the pictures are there now, don't tell them. All right, moving on, yeah? Tell them. Uh, no, because Jordan's going to come and share about that. Jordan's going to come and share that. All right, so what we did after this, after this day of outreach, which involved all of those things, including the football, we then went, if you just move on to the next one. Cousins Cove, we're supposed to have a film night. It didn't work out. Let me just run through quite a few things. We went back to Retreat Mountain, done some work there again, had another film night, and we showed them um, that film, Remember the Titans, with Denzel Washington. Very good message. Was able to communicate the gospel on that basis. Two groups hating each other. Showed them about, talked to them about the love of God, the first commandment, and how important it's to love one another. And it was again just good turnout, fantastic time at Retreat Mountain and the sports camp. Periodically, on certain days, we had music. Jason's going to come in a little while, and he's going to talk a little bit about the music. I've got to move now. So sorry. Um, film night. Remember the Titans. Okay, on the Friday, we, that is the UK um, football team, challenged the winners of the over-15s Jamaica football team. You'll hear about that in a moment. There was also a concert on that day that Jason's going to talk a little bit about. Coming to the next Sunday, our second Sunday service, Pastor Ephraim had the opportunity to teach on that day and... That was, again, a wonderful turnout. If anything, we had more people turn out. We even had a dread. 
What was that brother's name? Ray. Ray, a dreadlocks guy, turned up. Nice guy, very gentle, again, amazing, and shared just how wonderful he found the whole experience. Mr. Shakes. Now, as we roll into the end, I'll say the end, the end of this, this kind of main section. Myself and Mark, when most of the team had left, had opportunity to meet with some of the pastors, and the meeting was completely un, um, unintentional. We were just invited to go see Sandy. We thought we were going to say hi and bye. When we turned up, there was like six pastors from around Jamaica. And we thought, what's going on? We had the opportunity to sit down at length and talk to these pastors, discuss the issues in Jamaica, particularly with regard to what the church was facing. And that's myself and Mark, along with the rest of the pastors there. Two of the women, two of the pastors are women. Mark, about three times, brought up the issue of female pastors. And, not, not specifically, but male leadership. And it was a bit unnerving, but they took it. And then eventually they said, you know what? It's amazing that you guys are here. We want to learn from you. What is the vision? And myself and Mark astounded, felt like Nehemiah right there in that moment, encouraging them to the point where they can begin to build and reconstruct the walls where they live. We can talk about that another time, but that was a really important meeting. Now I'm going to come to a part in shop so you can see us all leaving so we can move on to this next section. This is the day when we left. Well, I say we left. We've left in the same way we came, in phases. Different people leaving at different times. But this was the last batch. I'm a bit sad that we never took the opportunity to take a picture as a big group all together, which was a shame. We did. If you did, I wasn't there. You lot did it without me. <laughs> but... um. We took, a, we took a picture of us as the last group. I mean, like the whole group, which was a shame. But anyway, we got the individual shots. So we were leaving. These guys were crying, literally bawling, saying that they've never had a group of people come and stay that was such a blessing, so easy to serve. Sister Angela, Brother Michael, uh, Micah and Janae said to the housekeeping, don't clean our room, don't make our beds. We want to bless you and give you the privilege of being able to not do that even though they had paid for it. And they were all crying. All the, all the, the, the housekeeping staff, guys, was in tears. So, that's the day we left. Now, just going to fill in a few of the blanks by inviting a few different people to come and share. But before everybody kind of comes to share, I'm going to ask Mike, Debbie, Jordan, and, and Mark Fife to come and share, Jason, um, and then Sister Angela is going to come and share with us. Um, before they come, and then we see a short video at the end, I'm going to ask Beatrice if she'd come up and um, just be the blessing that she is, was, and is to come. She's going to sing a song for us. Hello everybody. Um, yeah, I had the opportunity and I had the privilege of singing at the first um, church service and um, 
yeah, I think it really blessed people in Cousins Cove, and I really hope I do the same now. So, yeah. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely? And long for heaven at home when jesus is my portion a constant friend is he his eye is on the sparrow and i know he watches me his eye is on the sparrow and i know he watches me I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the And I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches, I know. He watches, I know he watches me, and I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, his And I know he watches me.
X-Factor ain't ready for you, Beatrice. Trust me. Pray for her, because she's going to Brits. This week, is this your first week going to be a Brits? When? You started already. Let's bring some light in the midst of that darkness, yeah? Thank God for you. Keep her in your prayers. Thank you, Beatrice. I'm going to ask now if just a, a, a group of individuals who are on the trip who are just going to come and highlight a few different areas, if they would come and share with us as briefly as they can, I'm going to ask in this order. Sorry, I'm going to say, you guys ready to go home yet? You can handle a little bit more. All right, I'm going to ask Mike, and if you guys could just come up without me having to come up again. So Mike Prendergast, um, then Debbie McBrien, then Jordan and Mark Five, then Jason. Um, Redbeard O'Shea, and then I'm going to ask Sister Angela to come up and share. All right? All right. Mikey. Well, I'm just going to share a bit about evangelism. Good morning, everyone. Oh, actually, good afternoon, everyone. Um, Robert's given me four minutes to talk, which um, ain't a lot. Seeing as he went on about starfishes for about four minutes himself. But. It's all good, it's all good. Let me try and roll through this. Okay, um, first of all, I just want to thank the Lord for using me the way he did um, in Jamaica, me and Harriet and um, others to share the gospel in a form of evangelism with the Jamaicans. Doing evangelism in Jamaica was a was a real blessing. Um, I got out with a bunch of guys on a Friday night and we got up to Leicester Square and we come across all kinds of people. Uh, people that have a real hatred for God, people that don't believe there is a God and people that just want to come along and mock us and mock God. Not in Jamaica. In all the encounters that I had, I didn't come across um, one person that was an atheist not one person said to me, I don't believe in God. There ain't no God. Not one person. We had many conversations out there, and you could sense that there's a real fear of God in Jamaica, amongst the Jamaicans. The style of evangelism that we used was the uh, wear the master style. I'm not sure if you all um, know about that style. It's a style where you take people through the Ten Commandments, and it kind of speaks to their conscience and avoids the intellect. And we used that in Jamaica. I mean, I used it, um, not sure about the others, but that's the, that's the evangelism I used, and it really did speak to a lot of people out there. In nearly every encounter that I had, the one verse in the Bible that really kind of swung the conversation and kind of enlightened their conscience was um, 
Hebrews 9.27, which says, it's a point a man wants to die and then a judgment. Judgment was a word that seemed to just change the mood of every encountering witness that we had, or that I had anyway. Uh, the first one was with, um, I think it was a guy called Omar. Me, Robert and Mark were just hanging around on the, at the cove, at the playing field, and this guy drove up and started telling us how he was a bad man, how he avoided the, the police can't catch him because he's a, he's a brilliant driver. You name it, he'd done it. His name was uh, Omar. They called him Nana Head. I don't know why. His head was kind of long, but... Um, so, and that also happened with uh, five gun, young girls that I witnessed to at the retreat mountain at the playing field. And uh, I used it also when we was at Margaritaville. I mean, you could see from the pictures that no one, well, apart from the youth in the water and stuff, the, the rest of us, you know, the place was kind of a bit, it was a bit, bit um, sinful. There was people drinking and stuff like that. Um, not really a place where we really wanted to be, but we was there. And uh, there was an opportunity to share with a young guy and actually using that, that same way of the master style, you know, in the end he said to me that he was going home to repent and put his faith and trust in Jesus that day. So that was a blessing. Also, while we was there last year, we stayed at a place called uh, Cliff House. And uh, we had a chef there called uh, Yogi, who was a Rastafarian. And I don't know how the Lord works, the Lord works. And... Um, Got to share his uh, father at the playing field in um, Cousins Cove and also with his sister. So they got to, to get the gospel. Um, they was all down there because HMS were, were playing and blasting out some music and, and stuff, which Jason's going to talk to you about. You also got a sense that the Lord was about his business looking after people that I feel were, were like lost sheep. You know, people that were walking in a faith and kind of backslid or decide they don't want to go to church no more. I remember one encounter with a guy called Horace who was, um, he was a security guy at the, at the uh, Margaritaville. He was standing outside there and we just, just struck up a conversation with him as you do in evangelism and he just, you know, he'd, he'd walked away because his father had like grabbed him up and, and, and almost beated him into speaking in tongues which, you know, it wasn't one of his gifts. There was another encounter with another guy that was, I had a conversation with another guy that um, told me he was a Christian, you know, spoke, spoke all the lingo, thought, yeah, great. And at the end of the conversation, he said to me, uh, do you smoke? I said, no, bruv. He said, I said, why? I said, I don't smoke. He said, I said, why do you want, why, why are you answering me if I smoke? He said, do you want to buy some drugs? I was like, hold on, bruv. I ain't Christian. What kind of Christian are you? Anyway, that was that, was that guy. Um, one of the saddest encounters I had was with a lady that um, I was speaking to, and she had a little daughter next to her. She was about three years old, I think. And at the end of our witnessing conversation, she said to me, do you know anyone that wants my child? And I was like, wait a minute. You're asking me if I know anyone that wants your child? Wow, what's, what's the matter? She said, me bada with her. You know, how sad, how sad is that? How sad is that? And, you know, every conversation that I had, or 99.9% .9 of them, that witness encounters I had, a mobile phone would ring. You know, that was, that was as much as the enemy could muster up. I was even having a conversation with, I was witnessing to five girls, and all of a sudden... Yeah. The Christians? 
the phone rings. That was actually my wife ringing me up in the middle of that conversation. I was witnessing, Harriet was filming, and I kind of reached down and just gave my camera to, um, to Harriet, uh, my phone to Car Harriet. Um, also, we gave out loads and loads of Bibles. After every witnessing encounter, every person that I spoke to, you know, if I felt it went well and they looked like they were seeking, we'd give them a Bible. You know, I just wanted to get the Word of God into people's hands, and we took about 150 Bibles, so we had plenty. We handed out loads and loads of tracks. I remember one night we was at Retreat Mountain, just after the film night, and I reached into my pocket, and I, and I must have had about 150 American um, one million dollar bills, which are gospel tracks, and I gave them to Pastor Derek, and he just got totally mobbed by everyone. People were just coming from everywhere, just, just trying, to, trying to grab tracks off him because they look like money. But, you know, one thing that come out of that was, you know, a lot of people, or virtually everyone there, went home with the gospel in their pockets or in their hands, which I thought was a blessing. Um, there was a few stumbling blocks. These are my last points. A uh, few stumbling blocks, which was, um, you know, people f had this idea in their heads that they had to fix themselves up before they came to Christ. You know, if I'm living in sin, I'm doing this in sin, I'm, I'm not living right, I need to fix myself up, and then, you know, I'll, I'll come to Jesus. But um, we all know that if that was the case, none of us would be sitting here right now. There was um, one other conversation that, uh, me and Mark were talking to a lady inside and then we, we started speaking to her sister outside trying to get her to come in and she was very, very standoffish. She was, you know, she, she didn't want to talk to us at all and during the conversation her sister brought up that a pastor had been left from America, gone to Jamaica in July and had been arrested, a pastor this is, been arrested for indecently insulted, assaulting a couple of girls, you know, which is... Is a, is a sad thing, a, a sad prospect, which, you know, it, it doesn't help us when, when you've got people doing things like that. But all in all, I thought we planted some really good seed, and it was a blessing doing evangelism out there, and it was easy, easier than doing it in English. It's never easy to evangelize. The only thing that I thought was a little bit disappointing, we didn't get to baptize anyone in the cove, which, you know, Mark, that was my dream, to, to be there and people getting baptized, but it did materialize, but we planted lots of seed, and... A lot of people heard the gospel and, you know, thank you very much. Just very briefly, because I think the pictures showed most of what we got to do with the kids and just you saw how many children we had to work with, which was crazy. And I think none of us felt really very prepared, but we had such an amazing team. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank everybody um, who helped with the children's ministry when we were out there because we had people singing songs, you know, just being willing to look silly in front of kids but not caring, you know, just for the sake of the gospel, willing to 
get down onto the children's level and share, tell stories, do the puppets. Thank you to the youth that did the puppets. That was amazing. Um, and we did crafts and just had hundreds of people doing beads and um, making bracelets and Scooby-Doo's. I think we've um, introduced Scooby-Doo's to that area of Jamaica and um, <laughs> they may be find some remnants when we go back next year. We had so many. Oh, there was a picture. Um, one of the really sweet things was we went to um, Retreat Mountain and did bracelets with the kids, but they'd take all the beads, and we had a lot of beads go missing, but what was really cute was we'd turn up the next day or the day after with the beads in their hair. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely, though. We didn't mind at all. And we took them to bless them. You know, it wasn't like we had an agenda. We had to make bracelets. It was just to bless them and encourage them. So I just think it was amazing for us to um, be able to sow into these children's lives and get to share Jesus with them. They were just such wonderful kids and so disciplined. You know, they'd be all rowdy and playing and messing around and then we'd sit down to do the teaching and the craft and they'd quietly, I've never seen anything like it, just no talking, get on, concentrate. It was beautiful and all coloured inside the lines. It was nice. <laughs> um, so it was an amazing experience and just such a privilege. And thank you to all the team who really worked hard, really hard um, to encourage those children. So it was a blessing. Yeah, okay. Um, we played football. <laughs> I'm just uh, conscious of the time, so I'll let Jordan share his points and then I'll just add in, see if there's anything else. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We played some, well, uh, we, a lot of preparation went on beforehand, before even going to Jamaica. Um, we did a lot of internet shopping, buying some cones, some footballs, bibs and all that. We even took two big goals. I don't know how we got them there, but we did. Um, and then we had two days of tournaments. Um, the first day, as you heard, was the under-15s, which for the first 10 minutes seemed great, and then suddenly it started pouring with rain. And then we were like, typical English, we were like, oh, come, let's go under the, the shelter. <laughs> and they looked at us as if to say shelter, or kind of, what is that? Um, so we went under the shelter for about 10 minutes, and then after that, they just just ran outside and that was quite, I found that quite encouraging because I, I was quite stressed out about running the tournament and then when I saw that they were just happy to just play in the rain, literally they're playing in puddles and um, yeah they loved it. Um, they were quite brave as well I have to say, a lot, some of them had studs on and then others had um, barefoot, I don't know how that happened but it did and then um, the sec, so we had, a f I think we had about four or five teams, and then the top team, uh, they won some prizes, some footballs, um, some shin pads, shin pads Bibles, Bibles C um, CDs and T-shirts. And then the second day was um, the big boy tournament. Mm. Um, yes, moving on. Which was interesting. Um, no, there was a lot more teams than we expected. So literally, as the... Every five minutes, the rules were changing, and there was different groups. And then, obviously, if you if you know anything about Jamaicans, if they think something, they're going to say it in it. So a lot of people were coming up saying, "Oh no, it can't be ten minutes a match. It's got to be thirty-minute matches and all that." And then a lot of mathematics was going on about how long it's going to take and all this. But eventually, we finally um, organised it, and it was a real success. Um, the top team won, obviously. Um, <laughs> And then they got some prizes as well. Um, 
and then that was really good. Uncle Robert um, and Dad spoke to them at the end about basically what, why we kind of did the football tournament and what we were here for, and they seemed to receive that well. And then, um, in confidence, we kind of made an announcement that we would come back the next day and um, play them ourselves. Um, kind of watching them play football, not many, there weren't many goals scored, so we thought, oh, they're not really ready for English football. Um, but little did, little did we know that um, they kind of drew for their big guns the next day. And then um, we were there with our team. Um, I won't tell you the result, but it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. They had a little Usain Bolt, younger on the right, who was um, entertaining Uncle Ephraim. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. Yeah, that was decent. So, um, the score. Uh, five, uh, one. Uh, five one. Five one. Let's yeah. get out. Let's get out. Five one. Something like that. <laughs> but um, over. I, I wasn't playing. I was refereeing. So. Yeah, that, that's why we lost. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Um, but overall, it was very encouraging. Um, I thought it was successful. It kind of brought everyone together in a sense. Because um, a lot, especially at, at the men's tournament, a lot of people that from that weren't lit on from the cove itself, from a bit further out, came in, mm. and um, also learned that it's a lot easier to play football than it is to organise it. So um, bear that in mind for anyone planning to do that. But yeah, it was very encouraging, and I thought it was a real success. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, so I'd just like to take time to thank, obviously, thank Jordan, Jordan P, uh, Malachi and Courtney. They, ha they helped out and more or less ran random things. Also, Reynold, um, the game that uh, Jordan was talking about where the guys were arguing about the time, we, we did, we'd accounted for like five minutes each way. They weren't having a bar of that at all. So we'd intended to leave by, I think, it's like four o'clock. I think come seven o'clock or something, we were still there. Blazing sunshine all day long. Uh, and Reynold, for the most part, um, refereed the games. Um, one of the things I'd just like to say is that just how... Um, I think Mike, Michael kind of touched on it, how soft the hearts of so many Jamaicans are, particularly the youth. And just, I just kept considering the fact that we come into their community, um, they'd accepted us in the community, and they were very respectful, calling us sir. Um, kept mentioning about this white guy. And I'm thinking, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, where's Tim? And they were talking about me. <laughs> right. Listen to the white man now. I was like, Okay, and it took me a few days to realise that they were talking about me. And, uh, yeah, I'll have to be out there for a little while before I get a tan and maybe, maybe I'll be accepted. Um, I'm half white anyway, so that's all good. Uh, so, yeah, why football? We, um, obviously, we, we organise a football tournament because it brings people together, basically. And it's an opportunity to witness to people as, you know, as you're playing, um, uh, teaching them uh, teamwork. And it builds relationships. Obviously, we're going to be going there on an ongoing basis. And it was a real, once we'd done the football tournament, so many people were involved. So the next day you come along now and people are like, you know, spudding you and they know who you are and um, you've already got their attention. And, you know, more people came out. Um, and it was a real blessing. I, I think you know, Rob very wisely spoke to the guys, particularly before we started, because as he said, some of them did look kind of scary, but they weren't. They, they, were, they were nice, actually. Um, and we were told afterwards that they took time with us, even in the match that we got beaten 5-1. Apparently, that was them going easy. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the, the kids are respectful. Um, the, the, the hearts of the children and 
the adults were just so soft. I was so impressed at how easily you could talk to people about the Lord and you can move from the natural to the spiritual very easily. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say because I'm going to take up your time. Good evening. Good night. <laughs> yeah, special treatment, man. Um, yeah. What can I say? HMSS, His Majesty Sound System, is a ministry that communicates the gospel via reggae music. So we went to Jamaica. I mean, come on. Jamaica, reggae. I mean, come on, man. We had a good time. We had the sound set up under the Aki tree the first day, playing music. It was a local sound called Tropic Sound. So for them, it was a witness. Everybody knows the local sound. We had the sound set up. Um, some of my artist friends come up from Kingston, so we had a few artists there as well. Um, who normally would be on big stage shows, but they, they came into the community. And one of them stayed with us, DAJ, so he was with us for a few days. Uh, you heard that there was a recording studio where we were staying. I mean, I was like, that was like, whoa. So as soon as we heard Beatrice sing, we was in the studio. We had Beatrice and Tim in the studio, plus um, DAJ came, blessed us with some dub plates for the sound. And it was nice, I mean, sound system playing, you know, people come out and they're hearing reggae, they're hearing beats they know, but then they're hearing the gospel and the message is communicated. Um, you know, I can just think of one guy that we went up in Retreat Mountain and one, his eyes were, I mean, my man must smoke weed 24-7, his eyes was just yellow and it, I was chatting with him, I reasoned with him, you know, I got past the part that, no, nah, I don't want no drugs from you, I don't want no girls from you, I don't want none of this, so the things were more for me. And I got to reason with him and share with him. And he said he don't normally come down, but he come down. Now, I have epilepsy and I have bad memory. And he told me his name. And somehow, I remembered his name. I see him and I, I call him out on the mic. And him turn around, his smile on his face was like from ear to ear. And when you see, see that I remembered his name and call out his name. And it was just a blessing. It was a blessing to, to be there. I've played in a lot of like Brixton Academy and places, you know. They could have offered me Wem Wembley Stadium. That couldn't touch playing in a field in Jamaica. And if not, I didn't business if no one was there dancing. That made no difference. Because I know my voice is being heard for miles. And yeah, I would give anything for that opportunity. And it was, it was a real blessing. And just being with our people, our family there, and just, you know, as a church family going out, that for me, that's the biggest witness. You can't tell any Jamaican about the Bible. Every, all Jamaicans know the Bible. Every Jamaican knows the Bible. There's more churches in Jamaica than anywhere else. They all know the Bible. They, they will tell you the Bible back to front. So being able to be a witness and live it, that's, that, that was the beautiful, beautiful thing. So, and yeah, playing on the sound, the sound was nice as well. One day, we will have our sound out there. We're going to ship out HMS out there for real. But, you know, until then. Who's that black guy? Um, you know, we've been here for quite some time now, and we appreciate that. We know it's been a long morning. Can I just ask you just to kind of shake yourselves, if you need to stand up, have a stretch, because this is probably um, the most important portion of our whole presentation. And so, um, if you can somehow try and get a second wind, we're nearly at the end. Um, just after this, we're just going to show a video and we'll virtually be done. So um, if you can, just if you could give us your full attention, that would be helpful. Good afternoon, everyone. Where do I start? 
Jamaica trip was a real success. We loved it. And as four of us went out, only three of us came back. But in saying so, um, we enjoyed going to Jamaica. We enjoyed everything about Jamaica. A lot of what we saw, we missed it. Me and my husband, we missed it because we spent most of our time in the hospital. Uh, the Lord had other plans for us. That wasn't what we had to do to go to the retreats and that. We were witnessing in Jamaica in the hospitals. During the time that we was there, we were able to witness to a couple of people, well, quite a few people, but we were able to um, have two people that gave themselves to the Lord, which was a young girl who was 13, who had heart problem, and another gentleman who had the bed next to Michael, and uh, he suffered with sickle cell, and he gave himself to the Lord. So even though my husband passed away, I don't think that it was a sad thing because he suffered for 10 years. He was very, very sick. You will see that on the film, how sick my husband is. He looks very sick. But the reason why I'm so jolly and I'm talking to everyone is because I know where he's gone. He's gone to be with the Lord. And he's not in no more pain. He's not suffering anymore. The word mourning, I look at it as joy. Because when they told him at the hospital that um, his wife and his children had arrived, he turned to the nurse and said to the nurse, I'm ready to go now. And he went to be with the Lord. And so, because I know that he is with the Lord, trust me, I am happy. Amen. I had 22 years with a wonderful wonderful mother and father and a wonderful husband and if it means that my husband have to go then so be it but my husband has passed on that baton to me and I will carry on until the time that I have to go and be with him but I just want to say that to us death is not a bad word it's a beautiful word if you're in Christ a real beautiful word and so I just ask you just to continue keeping us in your prayers. And we just continue the fight to carry on the gospel wherever the Lord takes us. for all of us when um, I say that I don't think we have ever met people who are as courageous as Sister Angela, Micah and Janae. Um, I've never met anyone like you in my life and I've been around Christians for 20 years. Pastor Ephraim said it the morning that we heard when he broke down in tears on the phone speaking to Sister Angela, myself, Helen, Judith, Pastor Ephraim, we were all sitting there busted in tears. Um, Pastor Ephraim said, I can't believe it. She's stronger than us. 
we can't control ourselves. And, you know, Sister Angela, Janae and Micah asked themselves a question in light of their husband, their father, going to be with the Lord. And the question they asked themselves, it's incredible, this blows my mind. The question they asked themselves was, if we could bring him back, would we? And they answered the question by saying, no, we wouldn't. Because it's more beneficial for us that he be here, but it's far more exceedingly better for him to be with Christ. And it's incredible. Your testimony is impeccable. As a family, you're formidable. And we as your extended family, are encouraged, are inspired. I can't find words to communicate just what you mean to us and what Brother Michael means to us. His legacy will continue to live on. We determined that when we go to Jamaica and we're there permanently, we're going to build a particular aspect of the outreach center, the Bible training center, in memory to Brother Michael. And that's the least we could do, amen, as his legacy continues to live on. Let's keep the whole family in prayer, amen. Um, Pastor Ephraim mentioned it, the 26th, you need to note it in your diary because we're going to be having a memorial on that day. We're going to give you more details next week about that, amen. Thank you, Sister Angela. You're such a brave woman. Such a brave family. Thank you, Janae. Thank you, Micah. Such a privilege to be a part of your family. We're going to end on a video. It's five minutes that Shabazz put together. Is that okay? Thank you. If you'd like to watch the video, you can do at www.cccove.blogspot.com. Most of you contributed so much to that trip. And I'm not talking about those who were on the trip. As phenomenal as the group and the team was. But so many of you who weren't able to come with us contributed to that trip. And we just want to say thank you. Um, we hope that as long as, as, as long as the presentation has been, we're hoping that you had an opportunity to feel, to sense that you were a part of the trip. And we hope that, um, that this morning has been a blessing to you, um, particularly if you're part of the family here at South London. And if you're not, um, there's room enough for, for others to join our family. Um, as we get ready to leave, we just had a little surprise. I'm just gonna ask Helen to come up with me. Just as we were leaving at Retreat Mountain, we were presented with a gift. And it's for the whole church. Basically what it is, is a mural. And this mural was hand drawn, written, painted by all the children at Cousins at Retreat Mountain. And it's just to say thank you. Thank you to, for, to those of us who are on the trip. 
Thank you to those of you who are here and a part of the family who gave and contributed time, effort and finance to make the trip happen. And know that what happened was a foundation was laid upon which we can now build upon. And, you know, we thank the Lord for, for Sister Angela and for Janae and for Micah and particularly for Brother Michael who set pace for us, who set an example for us with his lifestyle. And Pastor Ephraim said it in John 12, the scripture says, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it will go into the ground and die, it will actually come to life and it will grow. And then you'll get a plant that grows out of that one seed that produces not just fruit, but much fruit. And fruit, hopefully, that remains. So it's as if the Lord is saying to us, you know what? This is How many of you know Brother Michael's life is a big seed? It's a big seed, so we can look forward to much fruit. And this is just an example of that fruit. Let's pray. Father, we are um, we're overcome, Lord, by the fact that you have conquered death. We're not overcome by death, as Sister Angela said. We're overcome by the fact that Christ Jesus has conquered death. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and anyone who believes in him shall never see death. And so Father, because we've received that life, your desire now is that we communicate that message of life. And Father, whether it be across the Atlantic in Jamaica, in the wonderful way that you've enabled us to and continue to do, or right here at home in London, Help us to continue, Lord, to herald that message. That is why we are here. Remind us, Lord, of the transient things of this world that mean nothing. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? All of it, and there's so much in it, yet it's worth nothing. Solomon said it's, it's all futile. It's all empty. It's all vanity. When, it, when you culminate it all, after seeing it all and having it all, Solomon says, Father, he says, this is the, the most important thing. Love God and keep his commandments. This is the whole of man. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you for just this experience, Lord, and everything that it contributes to us. Lord, allow it to be that which makes us more like Christ we pray in every way in Jesus name we thank you Lord for today Amen Amen